is this? Ah, the French. For what reason? What is the charge? Eating a meal? A succulent Chinese meal? I'm here, Papa! Yippee-ki-yay, Mr. Falcon. First listen to the animal man, the Snoopy Snoopy poop dog. My wife hated me being a firefighter. We were divorced nine months later. If you don't mind my saying, I don't like your attitude one bit. Inspired. Six times I've now ruined my whiskey. Oh, boy. Back at it. Recording from a luxury gondola near Mount Smaug in the Cloud District, high above Smogville. This is World Champion Podcast, Season 3, Part 2. We're doing it Walking Dead style now. My name is Brighton. And I'm Sean. We are two guys who signed a lucrative contract with the mysterious Senor Oro del Burro. Now we have the pleasure of recording the greatest podcast in the world. We talk about anything and everything we feel like, Period. We talk good, we talk true, and we talk fast. You never know what you're going to get unless you read the title or description of the episode. How's it going? Oh, my aching head. I mean, oh. I, have, I have plowed through so many bottles of Maalox. Right, I, I'm just sipping on this Gatorade right now. So much Bromo. Uh, we've got a saline drip installed in either arm, mm-hmm. both of us do. Um, we've been gone for a while. We took a little break uh, to celebrate the potato holidays. That's right. And uh, it's called, they call it the Smogville New Year. The Smogville New Year happened, um, which basically, back in the Ferris wheel, we didn't get to participate in, in such wonderful affairs. Yeah, we, we just looked through the binoculars at people having fun and, and, and rejoicing and the festivities. And uh, basically, we'd planned to come back several weeks ago, but on New Year's Eve day, December 30th, because because uh, of the Smogvillian calendar, it right? Of course, quite line up with yours, but yeah. a it was the coolest thing. A stretch Humvee pulled up to the gondola uh, with a ladder. Yeah, it was it was <laughs> we, the most we, incredible ladder I've ever seen. Yeah, we climbed down the ladder. It was like a fire truck. We climbed down the ladder into the Humvee. We've been riding around for over two weeks now, mainly standing up through the sunroof or or in the back of the stretched Humvee in the hot tub. Yeah, I mean my voice is hoarse because of all the times I went whoa. Yeah, it's been a lot of wooing. It's it's been weeks of wooing. All you can eat shrimp. Coolers full of yoo-hoo. Now, senior is amazing. Yeah, senior Oro del Burro, He has got it figured out. He knows how to celebrate in style. We this this vehicle didn't stop. They would have a motorcycle come up to the side and pour gasoline into the tank to get, so the car could drive day and night. Yeah, and then they had the driver had a hook, a mm-hmm. big hook on a pole, so he could reach out and pick up baskets of ham. Right, right, and uh, you know potato wedge sacks and it's i was i was under the impression that we were going to the david lee roth suite at, at the hotel up here in the cloud district but it, mm-hmm. no it was just circling blocks mainly for, yeah. for days and, and nights and days i know the david lee roth suite and the van hale inn yeah exactly the, the luxury hotel in town the most beautiful hotel in in at least in this district not in the lower lower smaugville yeah but it's it's awesome it's got this panama theme maybe next year yeah hopefully we can, we can jump into that but um. Anyway, yeah, we're back. We're back at it. We're we're, we're warmed up. Wow, my, both our hangovers have kind of dissipated. It's that, it's that saline drip. That quickly. I'm feeling yeah. great now. I'm ready to record. No, trust me. Having a personal nurse makes partying so much easier. 
Okay, that's that's good to know. You just, you just hook up that saline drip, <laughs> and and you're ready to go. And then you get some Bromo, mm-hmm. and uh, and take eight no dose pills. That's that's right. And and you're good. Okay. Well, like you said, we are now in the second half of the season of season three. Yeah. A, a new popular way of doing seasons that we we did unintentionally. But I want to cl- like clear up a couple things before we move on from last season's first half. Yeah. This season's first the, half. the second half of last season's the, the second half of this season's first half. Ex- oh, there you said yeah. it. Yeah, and that's Harrison Ford month because I feel like we have a little bit of unfinished business because this whole episode we're we're going to get some deep deep cuts in general, yeah. and this whole month is going to have some deep cuts. But there's one more deep cut I think that we need to do from last month, and, and that is. That's that's well. I mean, I feel like I know Indiana Jones, and everyone feels that way. Everyone feels oh, do, like they oh, know Indiana you? Jones. Oh, do you know that Harrison Ford has played Indiana Jones five times, not four? That's the as one. As the mainstream, excuse me, lamestream media would have you believe, mm-hmm. um, because there's a wonderful world out there on YouTube of the young Indiana Jones series. Yes, which uh, is pretty mind blowing, and I really regret not revisiting it before we talked about kingdom of the crystal skull i agree and Um, i was unaware of this of this instance of indiana jones i I remember it pretty well um when it was first on well i guess not well enough because i didn't realize that each episode is bookended by a 93 year old indiana jones Mm -hmm. uh with an eye patch and he dresses like henry jones senior and he basically goes around bothering townsfolk yeah, and he's not he doesn't act very much like Indiana Jones, I didn't think. He has um sort of a Catskills accent in his delivery. Right. He's like, "Listen here, young fella. <laughs> I used to have a whip." <laughs> Which I I I mean Harrison Ford is is quite old now. Well, I mean, he's in his in his mid seventies, and he doesn't sound like that. Yeah, he he's unless there's going to be a, a steady downhill, uh, more than usual, just yeah. in the natural stages of life. But he does <laughs> seem almost like a cartoon caricature of an old person. Yeah, and he just bother goes around bugging people, wasting their time. This lady's trying. He there's there's a, a a postal worker trying to pick up the mail, and he's like, "Wait, I gotta, I've got to tell you this." story about world war one oh and it's a great premise too because he put his instead of putting the mail in the in the the post box he put his hamburger in there isn't yeah. that what it was yeah or he, he accidentally dropped his hamburger and was trying to get it out and she thought he was tampering with the mail which is a federal offense and he said don't tell me about federal offenses i was in world war one um I, I hear the what do you hear that let's yeah, take t- a pause i hear the wild call of the smog bird i think <laughs> i keep hearing it i've heard that there there's one in it is oh my gosh this is like the dodo it's thought to be extinct but there's been rumors that the wild smog bird is here back in smogville for the winter (laughs) no no, it's good okay the smog bird's flying around that's that's beautiful it's it looks much like a dodo but uglier it looks almost like a rubber squirrel (laughs) but flying around it is it's very it's very rubber squirrel like the the dog is going crazy for this thing (laughs) our our mascot of course tugboat the 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 dog the 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 trusty dog (laughs) um so (laughs) it's such a it's such a winter miracle we can't stop this bird (laughs) um 
Now there is so yeah. Then he just bugs people by making them pause their day to listen to his stupid stories. I mean, I guess they're I guess they're cool stories seeing them visualized. Yeah, but to just have an an old man tell you them can't be that interesting. Um, well, let's. That, that's strange enough, and the and the way this the the whole show is formatted as the flashback is interesting. But I never thought I would actually see Harrison Ford in this show. I never yeah. visited this show because I didn't think we'd actually see him. Yeah, and so um, basically every episode is Forrest Gump, mm-hmm. where there's uh, basically Indy is traveling the world with his father Henry Jones Sr. And uh, it alternates between cool teenage Indiana Jones and Phantom Menace Anakin Indiana Jones. Oh, man. That's, but, that's rough. But every episode... What, what ratio would you say? Is it mainly the teenage uh, one? Eventually, they phased out the young boy entirely. Okay, because I'll just have to skip all those. Yeah, but every episode, he would uh, run into a famous historical figure and have a little adventure with them or, or say something like, hey, you should try making a pizza pie or, or whatever, Forrest Gump style. And so George Lucas envisioned it as an educational tool to be shown in schools to get kids excited about history. Okay. Which I, yeah, that, sure. His heart is in the right place. And I imagine a lot of people tried to become archaeologists because of Indiana Jones and were really disappointed. Extremely. Once they got into school. Once they realized how many graphs you have to make. And it's just probably not as exciting. There's not as many babes in real life, maybe. There's not nearly as many... uh, mummies or death defying adventures yeah no whips why would you you show up on the first day with your whip and they go what is that where's your set of tiny brushes and dental tools and then you if you you look like a fool if you raise your hand you say when do we hang on the side of a truck as it's driving down a dirt road yeah and try to fight the guy driving sorry i was looking at the curriculum and uh horseback riding's not on here here anywhere while while fighting while fist fighting someone yeah so uh Episode 11 of the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles is Young Indiana Jones and the Mystery of the Blues, <laughs> a two-hour uh, TV movie uh, that takes place – well, it's framed uh, not in the present day with old man mm-hmm. Indiana Grandpa Simpson Jones, but Wyoming at 1950 as a bearded and middle-aged Indy is driving a truck through the snow with his Native American pal. And what year was the uh, – was uh, Crystal Skull? Uh, so this skull. was before the Crystal Skull adventure. Yeah, it was because Crystal Skull I think was fifty five, fifty three. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this was before the Crystal Skull adventure. So uh, that was a rough five years. It really was. He aged quite a bit. Yeah, he got a lot more weary because <laughs> um, he he looked pretty good. But he had already gone on his adventures with with that uh, sidekick guy. He had what was his name? Uh, uh, yeah, this <laughs> Mac. Yeah, this Mac. Mac. So him and Mac. So between Last Crusade and Mystery of the Blues, it has had all his adventures with Mac. Who'd been was Mac working as a double agent the whole time, or did he just get? Did he turn at some point after the war? I think after the war. That's kind of the greedy. vibe I got too. Yeah. He just wanted money. Yeah. As we saw of him stuffing necklaces into his pockets and rather than escape from death. Yep. Yep. Wait, I need that gold plate. That gold plated plate. So I can sell it at a pawn shop for fifty bucks. I know, fifty. Fifteen. Yeah. Yeah, nineteen fifties money. So they're being chased by some guys that want a sacred uh flute. 
I don't think you've really, really hammered the point home that this is Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones with a beard. It was trippy to watch and a scarf. Yeah, it's it's it's. Uh, for someone like I said, I thought I knew Indiana Jones. I had no idea he was in this this TV show that I never watched. Well, so they uh, they hide out in this cabin uh, after running miles through the snow, nearly freezing to death. It's a pretty cool uh, car chase. Yeah, to, because there's a lot of snow. Yeah, a lot of, <laughs> a lot of snow. <laughs> and the opening credits are from the point of view of the car's headlights. Mm-hmm. So you, it starts with a solid two two and a half minutes of just a snowy road, mm-hmm. and that's pretty cool. And snow roads are scary to drive on, man. Oh, they are. And this was probably in his third year of college when he learned the snowy roads as as opposed to just hanging on the side of trucks. Yeah, on dirt roads near cliffs. We're gonna teach you how to drive a truck of your own mm-hmm. through treachery. So he's rooting around in this cabin, and he finds a little saxophone. <laughs> and it is—it's like a—it's a small one, right? It's, it's a very like, small it's like saxophone. It's a baby saxophone. Yeah, it might—it's a soprano sax, which is what Kenny G plays. Oh, okay. Or maybe that's alto. In any event, it looks too small. It's too small. Yeah. <laughs> it's like in it the, looks like bubbles are going to come out of it. <laughs> it's like in the Madness music video mm-hmm. for One Step Beyond, where he is playing a toy saxophone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Indiana Jones and his bubbles. Um, so now he tells the tale of being in Chicago, and he's just crazy about jazz music. His dorm mate is Elliot Ness, naturally. Oh yeah, of course. And uh, he learns how to play uh, play the sax, and he plays some jazz on stage with some jazz people. It is very uh, Forrest Gump like because mm-hmm. in the movies you don't get the sense that he has met every important person in history. He does meet Hitler in the third one. <laughs> yeah, Hitler was a big one. He's a big history. one. Yeah, but but in, in the context of his adventure, not so strange to run into Hitler. Yeah, but if you're in the U.S., I don't generally run into every single writer and historian and scientist on a day to day basis. Yeah, even traveling a lot as you do. Right. That just doesn't, just doesn't happen. I don't bump into presidents, or I guess a lot of these people he meets them before they're famous, though, right? Yeah, they're they're on their way up. Okay, and I don't think it has the Back to the Future thing of, yeah, you're going to be mayor. Oh, the or, when, or when the he, Forrest Gump thing when he's messing with the time stream. Yeah, I, I don't think he shit uh, happens like that that thing. Yeah, then... yeah, I don't think he uh, he gives them advice. So here's here's a list of some of the figures featured. Um, quite the who's who. Leo Tolstoy, uh, Howard Carter, who discovered King Tut, Charles de Gaulle, John Ford, the Western director, um, T.E. Lawrence of Arabia, Pancho Villa, Edgar Degas, George Patton, Pablo Picasso, Elliot Ness, Al Capone, a bunch of people I've not heard of. Wow. Norman Rockwell, Louis Armstrong, George Gershwin, Winston Churchill, a young Ho Chi Minh, Carl Jung, Sigmund Freud, and at one point competes against young Ernest Hemingway for the affections of a girl, is nursed back to health by Albert Schweitzer, has a passionate <laughs> tryst with Mata Hari, discuffer, discusses philosophy with Nikos Kazantzakis, and goes on safari with Theodore Roosevelt. Wow. So I imagine every one of these episodes revolves around that historical figure. So in the Gershwin one, he's, it's the story, isn't an adventure revolving around their, their area of expertise? Oh, it must, yeah. Like must, I, cause, uh, case of the golden piano. Or right, something. right. Okay. And it is, uh, I don't know if if the uh, Indiana Jones expanded universe is as discussed as passionately as the Star Wars expanded universe, but as far as I know, this is canon. 
Right. I'm, and, I'm uh, going to dive into it. And especially because in Crystal Skull, he mentions his adventure with Pancho Villa. Oh, that's right. So, so just based on that alone. Oh, wow. Okay. I, yeah, you got, you got to assume it's canon. But, but So what about the end when we come back to Harrison Ford in his cabin? Gosh, how do you even describe this? How do you put this moment into words where it's the most amazing thing you've ever seen and simultaneously the goofiest thing you've ever seen? So uh, the the bad guys come in, guns drawn, to uh, steal the peace pipe. Uh, his friend is Gray Cloud, Indian Gray Cloud. And he which which is a cool it. duo. I, I could I could picture some adventures, you know, I'd like in it, the yeah. Southwest. He lives in the Southwest anyway. Yeah. So we, they could go find that. What was that mine we talked about where everyone died trying to get yeah, to it? Yeah, the Lost Dutchman's Mine. Like, like that, that literally, Indiana Jones and the Lost Dutchman's Mine. Yeah. Right there, you got a title. Yeah. And you got a sidekick for the movie. And then at the end, he burns the map and says the mine should stay hidden. Oh, my God. That's great. Yep. Wow. We've we've talked a lot off air about our Indiana Jones expanded universe, and mm-hmm. right, we'll, we'll, we'll get into that more later. Um, so... <laughs> So Andy just lets them walk off with the pipe. Great Cloud's kind of like, oh, no. Andy doesn't care. He sits down on a rocking chair, pulls up his tiny bubble sax. <laughs> he's, he's got a, one last trick. Starts playing on the saxophone. And then the heavy snow drift on the, the top of the cabin falls on, on these criminals. He plays one note. And it seems to, to re- knock them silly. They're, they're yeah. all unconscious, right, from snow falling on them. Oh, they're dead immediately. It's just like the, <laughs> the, the grain in, in Witness. That's right. So he dies with his hand holding the flute sticking up out of the snow. Mm-hmm. And Andy grabs it and... On his way. Yeah, on their way to their next adventure. It's, it's one of those things, as I was watching it, I couldn't believe what I was watching. Yeah. I was like, is Indiana Jones really going to defeat these guys with a s- tiny saxophone? You know what? <laughs> They stumbled upon that cabin, so I want to think more about the cabin owner who has a cabin in, in the remote Wind River range of Wyoming, mm-hmm. and you know he's got some blankets, probably some jerky, stores of grain, and his tiny saxophone. <laughs> <laughs> so before Indy came along, whoever owned this cabin would go there in the summer and go out on his porch and watch the sunrise. And just start- <laughs> Just w- honk out some toots, man. Wailing away. <laughs> on his saxophone. A tiny blues man. Yeah. <laughs> wow! You take a, a guitar, or a banjo, or a harmonica around the fire, but he sits around the fire. Big pot of beans on the fire. Yeah, I didn't even think of that. I just assumed it was some someone they knew their cabin. But no, they thought they were going to freeze to death, and he's like, "Oh, I'm sure we'll be fine." Wow! So that's on YouTube. Check that out. Yeah, I want to do a. Annual update. This is, by the way, this is our two-year anniversary show. Yeah. Did you know that? That's kind of incredible. Yeah. We've taken some breaks, and I think that's that's vital. Oh, yeah, of course. course. To keep keep our brains fresh. That's right. But this is our two-year anniversary. I want to give my annual update on my beloved Utah Jazz. Okay. Uh, it was Speaking a rough of tiny saxophones. Yes. Wow. There you go. Man, can we edit that back in earlier so it sounds better? <laughs> so over the summer, we lost our... Perhaps our best player, uh, Greedon uh, Hamich, signed with the Boston Celtics. Uh, A crushing blow. We acquired Ricky Rubio, a very exciting Spanish ball player Mm -hmm. who has been utterly terrible. Mm -hmm. And every one of our players got hurt all the time. In fact, even uh, Grandin, his leg snapped off. His leg snapped right in half. His foot... 
Someone had to go pick up his shoe, and there was a foot in it. Yes, it was it was horrific. In his first uh, minute of the game with the Boston Celtics. Yeah, and the first game of the first of this of the season, right? Yeah, yeah. It was one minute into the season. Yeah, and, and he will, uh, and he'll never walk again. My phone just it, blew up. In my opinion, well, it's a sh- it's a shame. Here's why it's a shame because now, when he does return to play in Utah, because of his courage, mm-hmm. we probably won't get to to boo him as loud as we want to. Right, because it's like, oh man, his his foot is held on with glue and he, staples. You can't boo a guy like that. It's got no foot. Yeah. That's just that's just not right. Unless you're Ty Cobb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then you fist fight him. Yeah. Ty Cobb fist fought a guy with no hands. <laughs> yeah. And they and they said you can't do that. And he said, I don't care if he ain't got no feet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so They didn't have social media back then. Yeah. They didn't have five thousand cell phones recording Ty Cobb beating up a guy with no hands. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine? There was just a guy with a pencil, like sketching it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's Get this to the newspaper. Yeah, it was a it was a lithograph, mm-hmm. a woodcut. So uh, they've been terrible. Everyone's gotten hurt all the time. Uh, we do have a very bright spot in this beautiful young man named Donovan Mitchell, who I call Smitchy. It's not catching on so far. What Smitchy? That's yeah. I like it because uh, it's uh, D Mitch Smitchy. Don't call him D Mitch. Smitchy does. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Smitchy does sound like some henchman for a bad guy, though. That is true. Get over here, Smitchy. Take these stolen doubloons to, to, Get to, that the, food, to the hideout. Yeah, Smitchy was one of the guys that got buried in the snow <laughs> yeah. outside of Indiana Jones's cabin. Yeah. Um, he got drafted by the Denver Nuggets, and then they announced that he was being traded to the Utah Jazz, and he did this. He had a big smile and did a fist pump. Nice. Because he's, he's maybe the one guy in NBA history who has wanted to play for the Utah Jazz. <laughs> and he's just got this delightful social media presence. Very, very swell young man. Mm-hmm. And is just amazing to watch play to boot. Yeah. Now, the other side of that coin is uh, a young man named Rodney Hood, who was the 22nd pick in the draft, I think, four years ago. Lots of potential. And kind of in the offseason, it was like now that uh, uh, Greywood's gone, it's up to you to be the top scorer. Right. He struggled, man. So he was kind of like a a Padawan that that needed to become a Jedi. Yeah, after his master was had his foot chopped off. Yes, lost, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um and what we've seen over the last 3 or 4 weeks is the the oiled boys wrestling term a heel turn. Mhm. He's sort of uh, – he, he's not playing very well. He's not playing Expl- up to – Explain a heel turn, first of all, real quick. The heel turn is when uh, the otherwise smiling champion who high-fives the kids and helps out the little guy suddenly hits his partner with a chair out of nowhere mm-hmm. or says that Cleveland sucks. A sudden betrayal. Sudden betrayal, a heel turn. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, it's one of the, mo- the wonderful moments in sports entertainment. And I've always, oh, yes. I, I've always want real sports to be more like wrestling, because it is the best sport. Yeah, like what if I mean, what if uh, Haaland came out in his Celtics jersey, mm. tore it off, and had a Jazz jersey underneath, right. and everyone was just losing it? Yeah. I can't believe it. Mm-hmm. He plays for the Jazz now. That's right. <laughs> like that would be great. Yeah, and it'd blow everyone's mind. It'd be against the rules, but he wouldn't care. Yeah. And so, so Rodney Hood has been – his mom had a meltdown on social media. Oh, really? Where she, like, attacked some bloggers. Okay. Um, he oh. had an Instagram story about, you know, fools and haters. And, and then he, uh, you were 
at the game recently. Yes. So I went to a game just like two days ago. And uh, he got booed by got the home booed. fans. Did you mention him? I'm sorry. I, I like phased out for one second out of this dimension. Did, did you say he knocked the phone out of the, the guy's hand? No. So that was the big moment. Okay. So do you want to talk about that first or should I talk about the game? Yeah. So, so uh, I, I, about a week ago, he uh, was playing a road game, complaining about all the calls against him. Got ejected, and on his way out, some some guy in the front row was filming him, and he just slapped the phone right out of his hand. <laughs> just slapped it. Now, I was uh, I didn't see it. I was listening on the radio. That's how I enjoy ingesting my jazz games. Well, that's the, the Smogville way. You, right. Of course. Is there another way? No, I you thought, gather, I thought, gather I thought on you the radio. you only the radio, or you read the results in the newspaper the next day. Yeah. Yeah, so that's it. So I was listening on the radio, and the announcer, he's like, oh, Rodney's being ejected. He's got some words for the ref, and... Oh, you can't do that. Is that what they said? Yeah, and he didn't say what had happened. But then I was hearing, like, oh, did you see what Rodney did? Uh, what I'm very disappointed about is that the footage from that phone has not found its That's way to the That's what yet. I was praying. I was yeah. praying that the – was it a video, first of all, or was it just a photo? Well, no, we don't know. If it was we a video, it's got to be released. Do the right thing, guy that got his cell phone knocked out of his hand. Because it would be so fantastic to just see a hand flying towards yeah. it and then spinning in the air. It's like those videos you watch where people drop their their you know phones out of a hot air balloon or something. Yeah, where a GoPro falls out of an airplane. Right. Yeah. Like we need that Rodney Hood footage of the of the the slap to the cell phone. Yeah, the slap heard round the valley. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was at the game the other night, and and I haven't. I'm for me, it's a treat to go to these games. They're expensive. They're and so I'm I'm there to root for the home team. Yeah. But. We were doing terrible. It really was. It was yeah. a rough night. Again, on the radio, uh, I listened about the second quarter, and the announcer was like, I don't know what else you want me to talk about. Right. He actually said that. Really? Yeah. yeah. Well, that's how a lot of people felt. I was still rooting because, I mean, I so rarely get to go there. But but Rodney kept trying to sink three-pointers, and he missed, I think, three in a row. And I think in a row as in every time we got possession of the ball, he yeah. tried again. And by the third one, you it started to realize, wait a minute, maybe this isn't the baby-faced Rodney we know. Yeah, it, it's a heel turn. It's a it's a slow burn. It's a slow burn but heel the turn. Slap, the phone slap, come on, that's exactly something Kevin Owens would do. Right, And but that's the first hint. I mean, sometimes the baby face will do something kind of weird, and you'll be like, why did he do that? But it's a yeah. little indication that, that a heel turn's coming. Yeah. And so he went, it was a full heel turn. Yeah, if the crowd's booing him, that's it. Yeah. He's a heel now. And then by the third three-pointer that was missed, maybe purposely, I guess if it's a heel turn, it was on purpose. Yeah. The whole the crowd started booing him, and I was I was shocked. I didn't know that happened. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's pretty shitty to boo your own player unless, you know, if they get in a fight with the coach or they talk bad on the town or if they're not putting any effort into it. Can you think but of if a, they're just bad? Like I think it's really crummy to. Book I know he was doing like even in in little league you get ice cream when you lose. Yeah, like he deserves at least an ice cream cone. Yeah, and I and I thought I was I was defending him to my girlfriend who hadn't even said anything. Where I was <laughs> saying, well, maybe the coach wanted him to do a lot of three pointers. You know, we don't know yeah. what their plan is. Yeah, maybe it's like do a three pointer every time you get the ball. Well, sometimes they say that if you're on a a, a bad streak, you got to shoot through it. Mm-hmm. Have you ever been to a game where where the the good guys have been booed? <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah, it was a little um, weird. I I had yeah. it kind of weirded me out. I feel like it's okay. Like say it's a, a baseball game and your guy hits a grounder and doesn't even do the song and dance of jogging to third. He just like mm-hmm. takes his helmet off and goes straight to the dugout. Boo that guy. 
even right. if he's your guy. But to just boo someone for missing for, some for shots. For trying their best. Technic- yeah. You want to be technical. Trying his best. For literally trying his best, yeah, <laughs> at, at something really hard. And being one of the best, um, I don't know, 300 people on the planet to do that. Right. Yeah, I mean, and it sends a great message to all the other players too. Like, right, you're on, you're on. The, we really got the support of the fans. You're playing on a razor's edge. Don't yeah. screw up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Don't don't let that smile drop. Well, that pressure sometimes can can put you push you to the dark side. It can. And and speaking of two year anniversary, and speaking of going from the light side to the dark side, I think it's time we got into into an annual tradition, and that's the Star Wars month. It is an annual tradition. Our very first episode mm-hmm. was uh, a year, uh, two years ago. We talked about The Force Awakens. And then last January, we talked in episode 48, 49, and 50 was the prequels. Yes. So go listen to those. Yeah, go listen to it if you have 10 hours. Yeah, to hear us talk about a movie we didn't like. <laughs> three, mo- movies, three, three movies, movies we didn't, didn't like. like. Yeah. We did like Force Awakens. but And so we're, we're going to dive into it this year with what all the, you know, what what's the obvious choice after those four movies have been watched? Holiday special. Right. We're going to do the holiday special. And this week we're going to dive into the last Jedi. Last Jedi and uh and the expanded universe. Yeah, we got a lot of complaints that we didn't know a lot about the expanded universe. Well, we've we've done some book learning. Oh, have we? And we found we found some interesting canon tidbits. So, I loved the last Jedi. Okay. On the first go round. We're just going to dive right into how we feel. I, I liked a, 90% of it. Had a, some complaints. Second time around, I am 100% love it. Yeah. Well, uh, ex- expand on that. Well, I think because the movie was so... It was like an emotional roller coaster. Ryan Johnson writ, wrote the script, it, and upon second viewing, brilliantly wrote the, the script. He mm-hmm. really is a Star Wars fan that knew what Star Wars fans were expecting yeah. and wanted to subvert that yeah, completely. Absolutely. So he would, he would kind of make you think what you personally thought was going to happen. And everyone thought the same thing. Everyone thinks like that certain people are going to turn good, certain people are going to turn bad. They're just like, everyone thinks they're smarter than a movie. Yeah. But still fall within the tropes of a certain genre like star wars has a vibe of each movie and has a a way that it that it unfolds yeah and so what he did effectively is make you think something is going to happen and then pull the rug from under you and something else happens right and then sometimes it would go back to the original thing you thought was going to happen so you were double tricked well and the funny thing was everything we thought was going to happen was a a twist thing right like it wasn't like i think there's going to be a cool space battle it's i think they're going to blow our minds Mm -hmm. by revealing that ray is luke's daughter right so it was the twist was that the twist you thought was going to happen didn't happen. And then not only did it not happen, but something else happened that you didn't even think was going to happen. Right. And so I thought that was brilliant. Yeah. I mean, way to do something bold. Yeah. Because the force. And, and the more I thought about it, I thought the force awakens was purposely similar to a new hope to kind of ease you back into the universe. Yeah. And then this one, they could just do, they can go, they can kill. The thing I loved is how meta it was. Yeah. They even have lines that are like, kill the past, and the Jedi must die, and let's start something new. Yeah. And you're like, wow, this is, they're, they're saying this to the audience, not to each other. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, it's crazy how they did that. What I liked about it, because there was so much backlash, I saw it, and I was like riding high. Mm-hmm. So next day, I'm like, I'm going to jump on the internet and get on Reddit and the, and the boards and mm-hmm. 
see how much everyone else loved it too. And to my shock, that first day after, almost unanimously, everybody hated it. Mm-hmm. Passionately hated it. It was like, not just like not just oh, this was a disappointment. This let me down. I wanted this to happen. People were they're furious. Furious. It was fascinating because the critics loved it. On, on Rotten Tomatoes, wasn't it like ninety five percent critics, and Fifty percent right. fans or yeah, something. Yeah, that's because Disney paid off the critics. Is that true? No. Although that's what fans think. Yeah, that's yeah. right. I, I that conspiracy theory already surfaced. People don't even believe Mark Hamill when he says he liked the movie because <laughs> he also got paid off by Disney. And you know what? He did get paid off by Disney. True. To be in the movie. <laughs> he likes that there was a movie. He yeah. doesn't he probably doesn't care how it turned out. Yeah. No, he's he's come out and said after the backlash, he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Mm-hmm. No, this was a great movie. And they're right. like, no, you you liar. Right. You liar. <laughs> he's turned to the dark side. Yeah. The actor. Everyone's turned to the dark side. Yeah. So Ryan Johnson was kind of the, the snoke of the whole thing. Yeah. I, I've read so many think pieces about it. Um and, and learned much, so much and then had my own opinions validated, which is – that's what the internet's for, right? You find people that agree with you. Right. And then just that strengthen, strengthens your Your results. bias. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> but uh, the, one of the most fascinating things was – obviously, we're spoiling this if you haven't figured that out by now. And if you waited a month to see this movie. Right. But um, Ryan Johnson said the reason that Darth Vader revealing that he's Luke's father is so powerful – isn't just because it's a surprise and it's not just because in all of drama the most dramatic thing you can do is parental stuff but that it's the thing luke least wanted to hear in that moment and so likewise with ray the thing she least wanted to Ah. hear was that her parents were nobody okay she wanted it to be luke or obi-wan or some great hero that we haven't heard of or darth plagueis or whatever yeah so even that idea was subverted yeah and flipped over and uh, and another one of the complaints was like, oh, that they, they did this whole plan that wasted all our time and then it didn't even work. Literally every single character in this movie failed at their goals. Right. In, in a Except very Yoda. in a very Empire. I know Yoda. God, yeah. we'll get to the stealing the show. Yeah. But it was very Empire Strikes Back in that aspect. Yeah. Which I thought a lot about because because uh, you're expecting the Empire Strikes Back template. And it, yeah. and it really, and it re- pretty, it was, what am I even saying? It kind of not kind of was, it totally was Yeah, like the resistance got the shit kicked out of them. But even the bad guys did too. Mm-hmm. No one ends this movie happy. Right. Except Yoda. Except Yoda. Like we said. Yeah, <laughs> of course. <laughs> oh, I love seeing that goofball back. I know. You're like this mother. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the sacred texts. <laughs> That's my favorite line. That's that's up there with all the classic Luke lines of Tashi Station. And, I know. But the sacred text! I know he does it in a very Luke voice. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was nice. I, I was thinking that Yoda, upon retiring, I don't know if he discovered drugs on Dagobah or if he just oh. brought, brought drugs with him. Yeah. But he definitely went from like nine to five office guy to in retirement just started smoking weed. Well, he was... In Revenge of the Sith, he was very adamant, and it was kind of out of the blue when the Jedi Council's talking, and mm-hmm. he's like, they're like, oh, by the way, I got to go help the Wookiees. Mm-hmm. So he's going oh, to this planet. This he might have had he might have, <laughs> tropical planet. Because like, we ne- it's never explained why the Wookiees are important or the strategic value of Kashuk or Kashyyyk or whatever we call it. Mm-hmm. Um, and keep in mind, this is a culture that has a thing called Life Day. 
Yeah. And they live in trees like a bunch of hippies. They're shaggy like hippies. So you're thinking that, that Yoda went down there to help help the the Wookiees, but he, maybe his ship flying back was a lot heavier. The cargo hold was maybe full of bales of, 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 of vegetation. Of, yeah, of, of the Hobbit's pipe weed or something. Uh, ulterior motive, maybe. Yeah, I think it's I think it's clear. I think it's very clear because once, especially once everything falls apart, Order sixty six happens, the Jedi's are dead, and Yoda's like, "Well, to hell with this! I'm yeah. just gonna take my cargo and go to this planet Dagobah <laughs> yeah. where no one will bother me." <laughs> yeah. But then once he gets there, he's like, "Ah oh, man, I wish I would have brought a whole bunch of candy bars. <laughs> and that's when he sees Luke. <laughs> yeah. Explains when the first time we are introduced to him, he's ransacking Luke's bag looking for that candy bar. Oh, he's looking for Cheetos. He's looking for anything. Just he's anything. Like, he's like, this guy's got to have some snacks. Pizza, Cheetos. I've just been Space eating Cheetos. slugs and slime and snake skin. This guy's got to have some good stuff. <laughs> Those X-Wings are expensive. That's exactly it. I know, and then and then it's even reinforced in the Last Jedi. He is a yeah. he is a blast. He he shows up to to spark. Oh my god! Even what he does is he lights up a tree. Yeah. Oh shit! So the metaphor is right there. Yeah. He comes and he blazes a tree. He blazes a tree and then laughs hysterically after he does it. Yeah. It's 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 as plain as the nose on your face. Oh man. So I loved seeing Yoda. He's back to the Yoda I know and love. The Empire Strikes Back Yoda and, and Return of the Jedi Yoda. More Empire. Yeah. But, I mean, that was a big surprise for me. I, did, I don't know why I didn't expect that, but I, it really was a, a nice little surprise. It was, and then when, when that happened, I was really hoping Ewan Kenobi would come out of the tree. Mm-hmm. But that might have even been too jarring. Might have been too jar jarring. That's yeah. true. That's yeah. the only thing I can hope for at this point yeah. is Jar Jar to show up. But do you think in the third one we could potentially have either you I guess it would have to be you and McGregor, huh? Yeah, and, and Force Luke, everyone's saying of course Luke will be back as a force ghost. I almost think it'd be better Which, if he didn't. I know, because it was just so perfect. So his perfect ending. Yeah. Um and it changes the whole story of all the movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, my brother texted me after and he was like I'm so sad like Luke was just this farm boy wanting adventure he went on one adventure where at the end he had to kill his dad mm-hmm. then went and had this shitty tragic life and then died alone on a rock yeah but I mean that's like life turns like out that, that way sometimes that's what I'm saying like that's why it changes everything because now when I watch the original movies I'm going to have this different viewpoint you know we all make fun of Luke wanting to go to Tashi Station he should have just done that instead yeah. and now it's like it's got this whole new meaning Think about how different his life would be if that one droid had, didn't have a bad motivator that he was buying from the Jawas. Oh, we're going to get to that. Oh, are we? Okay. Oh, yes. Because <laughs> that, that, his whole life changes by one piece of machinery inside of a droid. All right, let's talk about... Uh, let's see. You were talking about the subplot people didn't like, and that's the only... that's. That's I'm assuming you're talking about Finn and Rose heading to the casino planet. Well, that's the big one. For the most part, people didn't like anything. Oh, right. But I mean, that's <laughs> one people point to. And, and, yeah. and they also point to it causing the death of, of most of the resistance, yeah. which you can boil down to, which I think is sort of a fair assessment in a way. It's not a good way to look at life. I mean, if you if your friend borrows your car and then crashes, you can't think that you lending the car is what killed him. Like every yeah. choice up to that, ten million zillion choices led to that. Yeah, and that's like you said. Sometimes you just end up on an island alone, dying while floating on a, a rock. Yeah, that's just the way the life turns <laughs> out that, yeah. sometimes, man. But they had 
you can pinpoint every single thing that happens, the death of hundreds of re- resistance people, down to the fact that Finn and Rose decided not to park in the casino parking lot, but parked oh, on the beach. That's right. And I thought a lot about this because this planet <laughs> is a casino planet. Have you ever been to a casino that they don't have tons of parking that's easy to use? Oh, yeah. Free parking. Free parking. They want you to park there. Valet parking, five-story free parking lots. So I want, I want to discuss why did Finn and Rose decide to land on the beach? Well, did they cra- you've seen it twice. Did they crash? It looks like they crashed. Field? So am I, I'm thinking bad motivator in that ship. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> what it is. And, I, and I'm not going to split hairs about too much stuff. That's all it takes is someone saying, oh, we crashed. That, okay. Yeah. And it does look like they crashed, actually, that you brought it up. So I guess they didn't quite make it to the casino park. But parking. then is that – oh, that's not the same ship they escape in, though. No. They escape in Benicio's. It, yeah, Benicio del Toro steals a ship. That's right. So I, I was under the impression they crashed or ran out of fuel or that, like, Finn doesn't know how to parallel park. Yeah, it could have just been they're not good at flying. But there had to be valet. I know. It seems like they would have things bring, like <laughs> lights kind of guiding you in. Mm-hmm. You know, it would have all, it would be very easy to park at a, a casino. Tractor beam. Tractor beams exist in this yeah, universe. There would probably be a gentle tractor beam. Yeah. Welcome. And then holograms telling you about the buffet. Right. There'd be some advertisement and then you would you would be escorted right in. It would be yeah. wonderful. They want your money. Yeah. One free pull on the space slot machine. That's right. So I thought that was a little interesting, but yeah. I mean, they they ran out of gas. Bad motivator in their ship. What do you think of Space Leia floating around like Superman? Uh, I don't know, because I feel like my whole experience with Leia is is colored by the fact that she died in real life. Yeah. And so it was hard for me to think about the character, because I kept thinking about the actress mm-hmm. that had passed away. And and as I said before, the first viewing, I was so jar-jarred by the whole film experience emotionally. I felt exhausted afterwards. Like, my emotions were just, I, I was like, well, I could, didn't even know what I thought. Yeah. And so I went and saw it alone the second time. And I love seeing movies alone. And it really, I loved it. And, and even that part, which I didn't know how I felt about, I thought was fine. I, I thought, mean, uh, she, she is Luke. Is she Luke's twin sister? Yeah. I mean, why would he have all this power? It would be like twins, where Danny DeVito has none of the force. Yeah. And Arnold Schwarzenegger has all of the force. So Luke Skywalker is Arnold. Yeah. And she's the Danny DeVito of the twins. So, I mean, she should at least be able to do something with the Force. Yeah, I thought it was a really cool way to show that she is also powerful with the Force and has chosen a different path. Well, I mean, so, like, her... she, could be, she could be a badass refrigerator thrower with her mind, too. Right. But is like, well, that's not my thing. Well, I mean, I'm if... a leader. I'm a tactician. I'm sure the... the... The doctor for the, the resistance get, gave a blood test at some point, and the midichlorians were off the chart. Yeah. Oh it must boy. have, it probably, like, he probably dropped the machine. Oh, yeah, broke it. Broke but, the needle. But there's that, that, like, those laws, those, like, what are they called? We can't, can't tell anybody anything. HIPAA. HIPAA, yeah. yeah. Space HIPAA. And who knows how the resistance structured? Maybe they can't even tell her about her own midichlorians. Yeah. So, oh, I, yeah. I was fine with it. I, it was. The CGI looks a little awkward, I think, is what everyone... I think flying back like Superman is a little awkward. Um, well, how, also, could, how could we, they do it any other way, though? Since we just saw in Guardians of the Galaxy the same scene with someone like freezing up in space. That's true. That maybe huh? like some of the impact was taken out of it, because... The impact for me was her getting sucked out. Yeah. That I was shocked about. Yeah. 
And when we saw her floating there, I thought it was going to be like goodbye, you know, goodbye to this character. And I feel like it's uh, it's like Thor's hammer. Like she didn't fly like Superman, but she was just pulling. You know how you've seen Darth Vader pick up a rock and throw it. So she was. Is she like, unconscious though? That's she was I... like, no, she was like pulling against the ship. But since the ship is so big, instead of her pulling the ship, she like pulled her way back. It's like she was climbing on an invisible rope. Right. No, that makes sense. No, I, I'm, I was fine with it. Yeah. I'm fine with everything, and I love it. Yeah, and all the, you know, I don't care that we didn't get a backstory for Snoke because by not giving us a backstory, that shows that he's not important. Well, this is what I didn't understand. That's the one thing that I found confusing is everyone is upset about the backstory. The Emperor, we didn't know anything about the Emperor. Yeah. For most of my life, for, you know, yeah. 15 years after the original trilogy came out, nobody knew anything about the Emperor. Yeah. I didn't care. I mean, who needs to – do you want to know about the childhood of an alien? Who cares? Right. I mean, one of the things as a child I loved the most about Wolverine in the comics was that he was a mystery. None of the X-Men knew who he was. He didn't have a memory. Yeah. I mean, does no one have an imagination? Well, and I heard – Do you need, like, like his his tax returns? Well, it's because we've been so spoiled with, like, yeah, we do – we have the Emperor's tax returns now. We know that his first name is Sheev. (laughs) Uh, I heard on a different radio show just today someone talking about how one of their favorite things of Star Wars is when they have some nonsense sentence of made-up bullshit words that's just tossed out because that's so fun. Like back in the first one, we served together in the Clone Wars or Mon Mothma saying many Bothans died to bring you this information. Right. Or even even going to Tashi Station to pick up power converters. Each one of those things. I don't need to know what any of those things are. You need one little line and your imagination is just sparked. Like in in The Last Jedi, you see in one glimpse that that Luke's X-Wing is is sunk in the bay. Yeah. And that, I thought, I've thought about that so much. Yeah. What happened? Did he do that himself? Did he, did he think he was landing at a casino and crash? You know, did that (laughs) X-Wing have a bad motivator? We don't know. Yeah. But who cares? That's fun. That's what's fun about it. The mystery about Snoke that bothers me much more than his past is it seems to me that the the first order are almost all human. I'm curious yeah. why all the humans leader is a giant headed alien guy. Yeah. Did did he conquer their planet? Did he Cuz to me that's the the bigger question is why nothing cuz I mean the resist, resistance is made up of everybody. Yeah. But the the first order is kind of Third Reichish, you know? Yeah, I think that's that's what they're trying to, to draw, I guess. Is he human? He, he's like a giant, evolved California raisin? I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I mean, that's the thing, too, is it'll, it will get covered. I'm sure. There's probably yeah. a novel or a comic. Or maybe a trilogy, a prequel trilogy <laughs> yeah. to The Last Jedi. Yeah, why not? Um, another thing I wanted to talk about was the mental health issues. The Star Wars universe, and specifically The Last Jedi, the big issue seems to be mental health. You, like, you, you think of, of Kylo Ren. Yeah. Kylo Ren is kind of like a school shooter or something. He's like a kid yeah. that they don't understand what's wrong with him, and he's turning bad. He's got anger. He's got depression. He has feelings he doesn't understand himself. Right. He has delusions of grandeur. Mm-hmm. He has a complex about a living in the shadow of Darth Vader, but why is his yeah. hero? I guess I guess it's his grandpa, but <laughs> why is his hero his grandpa? <laughs> yeah, but that why is sense. his hero someone who's universally known as a bad guy? Right, and then and it's not Luke Skywalker who yeah. literally was his teacher, 
Well, because because Luke tried to kill like that's a that's a rough one. But Luke trying Luke, Luke probably was his hero. Well, Luke trying to kill Luke tried to kill him though because of his mental health issues. Because he well he just sensed it, but he hadn't acted on it yet. So this you mean so I mean in the Star Wars universe are they trying to make lightsabers illegal or are they trying to get mental help for Jedi's? You yeah, know? I don't you know I don't think they've addressed either of these things. Right. The 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 if Senate anything, is doing nothing. The the one the person, do nothing Galactic Senate. Oh, there's one person who did address it, and that's Sheev. And maybe that's what the First Order's thinking. Oh, okay, is, fair enough. Yeah, you know, from a certain point of view, all yeah, these for, things are open to yeah. interpretation. From a certain point of view, the Jedi are bad. I get what you're yeah. saying. Okay, that's a novel approach. So I just thought that was interesting that so much of this story revolves around the the mental health of one character. Yeah. I mean, the whole story kind of revolves around it, of this trilogy. Well, that's the whole point of the Jedi is suppress your feel. It's it's trust your feelings and feel out to the force, but also don't have any feelings. Mm-hmm. Don't have emotions. Anna, because because in the prequels, having a girlfriend's outlawed for some goddamn reason. Yeah, it's like becoming and any a... sort of attachments. Why? It seems like if, if if this good side of the force is so great, shouldn't love be the most powerful part of it? Yeah. But I don't know. I, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's strange. I'm starting to come around to to angry Anakin's side. I yeah, get it. She was right. She was right. Okay. Another thing I wanted to address. I'm sorry. I've got so many things to yeah. address. Uh, a part that really bothered me was there. There's a scene in the film where Finn and Rose are about to be executed by Can- Captain Phasma. Yeah. And 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 they are saved at the last minute. By BBA piloting an ATST and <laughs> yeah. shooting everyone. Yeah. Now, what? I, are droids allowed to make an independent decision to murder people? Well, this is the question we've had. This is, every time we've ever discussed Star Wars is what the hell are droids? Right. Where do they fit in? Because they're either if they're slaves, then they've got to follow the three laws of robotics. Right. Like that. In all my on all science fiction, I go with. I have broader views of everything. Yeah. And one of them is every robot should should function under Asimov's three laws of robotics, which is they can't a human can't be harmed, they can't be programmed to harm a human, and they can't uh what's the third they one? Can't harm themselves. Can't harm right? themselves unless a human is gonna be harmed. Yeah. So I mean if you don't if you have these these droids, like like BB eight literally saw that that Finn and, and Rose were in trouble. And decided, okay, I've got to murder everyone. Yeah. He made this decision. And, and the only thing I could come up with that, that justified it in my mind is Poe's the kind of guy that seems like he would jailbreak his cell phone. Okay, yeah. So I was thinking Poe probably jailbroke BBA and, and got rid of the, like, don't kill humans thing. Or, well, also, he scratched his belly. Mm-hmm. So that, that opens up a whole new question about the nature of droids and what they are. Right. Well, I mean that 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 goes into what we saw in Return of the Jedi, where Jabba the Hutt has a droid that tortures droids. Yeah. So I mean, if you can rub their belly and and hurt them with physical pain, right? The droid is screaming in pain. Right. Oh shit. He's going no, no, no. And, and, and plus, C three PO constantly worried about him. Worried about self preservation. Yeah. His only concern is that he's going to be physically harmed. And then the droid in Rogue One somehow has a sense of sarcasm. Right. Where are the voices coming from? Is someone recording them like Siri? And then you program your droid with this voice? Or does it just happen? 
I don't know. I just think I was just could not stop Ch- thinking. Chael of, broke his trident. Oh, I couldn't stop thinking about uh, BB-8's thought process. My theory is that in the Star Wars universe, literally nobody knows how droids work. Much like in our universe, scientists don't know how the human brain works. Okay. So they, you know that you got to you build the, the shell of the droid, and you put this wire to that wire and the right circuits in there, and you program it for a certain function. You have control over that part. But whatever the last power converter you put in that snaps it to life, you just you don't know what you're going to get. It's, it's that spark of life, yeah. right? Because don't we see C-3PO being born? He well, I mean, in Phantom Menace is he like, turned on? He's already he's like half built. I think he like snaps a thing in, and then he's like, "Oh, hello!" So yeah, do, so oh, he, I think you're right. So you don't know, like, oh, mine is uh, weird and British and very afraid of everything, right? Like, wow, this guy's got a lot of anxiety. And yeah. Again, mental health issues. Because the only other even thing the robots that, have mental health issues. Yeah, the only other thing is that you're programming that, and of course, you wouldn't program sarcasm and anxiety. Yeah. And uh you know, resolve. You'd want your, your droid to be like R T D two. Yeah. He is no nonsense, let's get the job done, you know? Yeah. So and he's and defiant. He's also, and he's a smart ass. He's yeah. defiant, he's a smart ass. Like I mean that it just must evolve. It just the same way a person personality evolves, you know, based on their experiences. That's a pretty you know, sophisticated computer. I just find it fascinating that you would could you imagine if droids make could make the decision? It was common that droids could make the decision to kill. Could, you know how nervous you'd always be walking around these robots? Yeah. You'd see a BB-8 unit and you'd be like, oh, man, shit. Yeah. I, hope, I hope this thing doesn't go crazy and stab me. <laughs> well, okay, yeah, that's – there's a lot to get into with yeah. the expanded universe. Yeah. Um, well, wait, one okay. Before we get out of Last Jedi, let's yeah. let's talk about our our favorite scenes. What was your favorite scene in the whole movie? If just one quick scene. Oh, it's got to be the big lightsaber battle with Rey and Kylo and those red guys. Oh yeah, those that red was, guys were awesome. That was so amazing. Yeah, it was that just was the way it was framed, and the music was so like apocalyptic. Yeah, it was. It was like you, you got the chills. And that, again, the twist on twist on twist. I really thought mm-hmm. Kylo was going to go with her, and then instead he tries to convince her to go with him. I almost feel like she betrays him upon watching it a second time. He's almost begging her to yeah. join him. Well, and it, it's so interesting, and this is in one of the pieces I read, that she grew up alone on that planet. She has never had anyone she can relate to. And then she goes to Luke, and instead of a wise Jedi master, he's just a, an old dick. Yeah. So she is just completely alone in the universe, and this is her chance to not be alone. But she still turns him down. Because she's just that heroic. Okay. I didn't think of it that way. Yeah. I like it. I would say that was a close second to my favorite scene, which was Luke milking that alien. (laughs) Of course. The day day in the life of old man Luke was my favorite sequence in the movie. He gets up. He he grouchily goes down, gets some milk, milks this thing. Yeah. He goes fishing with this pole. I loved that. Oh, yeah. And then he just goes around and, and I loved I loved the the frog nuns that 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 yeah. kept up the the island that oh, lived yeah. with them. I loved them so much. I forgot about the frog nuns. Yeah, it was just like everything on the island I found so charming and I thought so much about Luke's life. Like what was his day-to-day life like for years? He'd get up, he'd greet the frog nuns, go milk one of those cow things. Yeah. <laughs> and he defiantly was drinking that milk. 
He squirts it all over his beard. It's like Rocky drinking the raw eggs right. for his jog. And then he kills a giant carp with a weird yeah. pole. Yeah. And then Every I guess day, and then yeah. I guess avoids the weird well that that's the dark side well. Yeah. The dark side hole. <laughs> the dark side hole. On the on the island. And that's where it came from or I don't know. That's where the 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 was well, I guess the tree is there and the Jedi text. So I guess that's just a Jedi island. Do you think it was awkward when Anakin showed up with Obi-Wan and Yoda on Endor? Yeah. Do you think they were like, oh, shit, this guy? I think it's, uh, yeah, I think it, I was thinking that that Luke, is Luke the one that looks at him and smiles at the end? Yeah. He would have been like, who the hell's this guy? Yeah. Because it's not, he's never seen his father. He's never seen Darth Vader aside from bald and, and way and fucked up. And and pale, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so I, I, in the original trilogy, when when Darth or when uh, Anakin shows up and he's the old man, I'm sure Luke could be like, "Oh, that must be the guy that just died on the Death Star." Oh no, yeah. I guess they dragged his body back and burned it, huh? Yeah, on Endor. Yeah. So how did he get to be a ghost when he didn't? It, yeah. I think why didn't he just disappear? Like, what what is the decision where you just turn disappear and what makes you just leave a corpse or did you just well, drag drag the robot to the island? My, my understanding to of Endor. It. You know what I, I don't like about Wikipedia? It's very detailed, but it is just too detailed. Uh, I want to learn why are there force ghosts, and it's like 25 pages of uh, this stuff. But my understanding is that somehow Qui-Gon was the first one to figure out how to be a force ghost. Okay. He uh, taught Yoda, who taught Obi-Wan. Okay. So so most Jedis just went to the afterlife they and didn't just know they could so, do this? So, so what happened? What a jip. And this is like third hand. I heard this somewhere from someone who heard it from someone. And everything uh, we say on our podcast is canon. It it's is, It's official yeah. Smogville canon. It is. So when you die as a Jedi, you become one with the Force. Uh-huh. Like, you know, like uh Like the Speed Nirvana Force. or whatever. Like yeah, Flash. like Speed Force. So the Force is, is everywhere and everything, whether you see it or control it or not. So when you die, you become part of the Force. By becoming part of the Force, you also then obtain a greater understanding of everything. Okay. So you maybe empathize more with Qui-Gon or, or trees or, or whatever. Somehow Qui-Gon figure out a way to manipulate the Force to the same way they lift up a rock to manipulate... I don't know, molecules to take on a visible form again. I guess he learned how to manipulate light and consciousness. So they're actually there in a way. Yeah. Like they're physically light rays or whatever. Yeah, and because we see Yoda whack Luke with his stick. Oh, that's right, huh? Yeah, so they so they are physically there somehow. They are poltergeists. And because, you know, if they if they have learned, you know, if they've been attached to every other molecule in the world, then that's why you can pull down lightning or... Mm-hmm. Wow. That also means that in some kind of uh fan fiction universe there's ghostbusters that do nothing in the in the oh. empire or whatever that go after force ghosts yeah. and bust them and suck them into like a little uh toaster. That's canon. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cuz oh, yeah. if the Jedi are the enemies of the empire, there's got to be some ghostbusters on the empire. Absolutely. Right, they go yeah. out and try to suck their ectoplasm because if the they're physically ghost. there in some way, they can suck them up. Yeah, right? yeah, with a space vacuum, like in Spaceballs. <laughs> yeah. So I, who taught Darth Vader? I don't know. Maybe some did, people so did. Yoda and Obi Wan teach Luke. Do they need to? Maybe did they teach him in the afterlife. 
I don't know. Maybe you can just figure it out also. Yeah. Maybe you can be like, hey, yeah, wait Qui-Gon, a minute. Qui-Gon figured it out. Yeah, it's, it's someone, maybe it's not that hard to figure out. Yeah. Okay. So let's get into Expanded Universe now, I guess. Well, I think I think let's uh, let's have that be season three, part two, episode eleven, part two. Oh, good idea. Because there's there's so much ground to cover in okay. that, um, and I just want to give you a preview based on things we've talked about. R five D four, the red droid that had a bad motivator. Okay, we're gonna talk about that. Force sensitive. Okay. That was a force using droid. <laughs> okay. There is Whoa. a there is a district uh, in Coruscant ruled by feral droids. Oh my! Like you have said, who are murderous, feral, oh my crazy gosh, droids. This is awesome. We're gonna talk about the time a certain Harrison Ford character met another certain Harrison Ford character. <laughs> okay. We're gonna talk about the time Luke had sex with a corpse inhabited by a ghost <laughs> and we're going to talk about George R. Binks oh my god yes and then I've got a couple things to bring to the expanded universe because I've, I've read a, a book here and there and I want to talk about the emperor's horticulturalist is that the word? Hortic- <laughs> yeah. and then I also want to talk a little bit about one of the gal- galaxy's greatest fashion designers and that is so what's the name? I have it right here Melanani. Melanani. A clothing designer. <laughs> awesome. So there we go. Let's you know, we gotta find out the truth here. Yeah, the expanded universe is expansive. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of gems in it. And uh, we're gonna dive into that next week. Alright. And then uh, after that I guess we will do the holiday special. So yes. uh, so why don't you share with us on, on Facebook, share with us your favorite expanded universe things and uh it's all canon from a certain point of view. It's all canon. I don't buy into the Legends canon stuff. It's all canon if you want it to be. Right. And uh, in the meantime, may the Force be with you.